0: Alan Mead is a dentist with too much time on his hands And too much recording equipment in his basement Armed with an obsession to bring entertaining and informative content to the dental world In a way that's never been done before I give you the Alan Mead Experience Well, hello, and welcome to the Alan Mead Experience. I am your host, Dr. Alan Mead. I said doctor. I don't usually say that. It's pretty important that you know that I'm a doctor. Alan Mead, I'm a dentist, podcaster, and aspiring digital designer. And I would like to thank the people that helped bring this show to you uh, whenever we bring it to you. Premier Dental, Inspired Solutions for Daily Dentistry. I'd like to introduce my co-host who's been on the show. He was actually the first co-host of the Alan Mead Experience. Dr. Sean Vandeviver, Sean, how are you doing?
1: hey oh. hey oh Dr. Dr. Sean numero uno, Vandeviver.
0: Right. That's right. I mean, like, there's a lot of things in your life that you're proud of. Your four children, your family, your practice. But mostly, you're proud of being the first guest on the Allen Meat Experience.
1: Absolutely. Pinnacle.
0: It's That's pretty much it. It's pretty much it. So we have a lot of stuff to talk about. We have, like, a ton of stuff to talk about. Too much. Uh, probably, literally, we probably have too much to talk about, and that's okay. Um, but that said, there's like, um, there's a lot of things that you have been up to. Like, like what happens when, when a person switches from working on the voice of dentistry to doing other things, you, you're doing way more other things than you ever were when you were doing the voice of dentistry. I think that says a lot about how much you did (laughs) for the first voices of Uh. dentistry. But, uh, so tell us a little bit about, there's like multiple apps, multiple, Online ventures, multiple, all kinds of stuff. I guess I want you to just tell tell us a little story about some of the things you've been doing.
1: Uh, well, I'm I'm actually looking up the Alan Mead Experience episode one and what in what we talked about, and I think uh that, that that was the first the ninety second perfect pitch for Auto Front Office. Oh, that's which right. Was, which was uh, uh which is garnering reviews for your dental practice. And there was a whole bunch of that recently. So um, then the Dental Hacks Nation, it's been in effect for a year at that time. Mm-hmm. What did we do? Uh, we came out with the uh, episode. It was May, June, episode something like one. that. Yeah, I think so. It was May, May 1st. June. Okay. May, oh, May 1st. Okay. Oh, May, okay. Okay. And um, so that's only been, a, that, it, that's, that was uh, seven months into it, mm-hmm. it, it Dental mm-hmm. Hacks Nation. So uh, taking care of that, now that's up to om- almost 20,000 people. Yeah. Um I've been into digital dentistry a lot. I went to Jonathan Abenheim's uh, smile syllabus, and that really opened my eyes to the extent that you can take in-office production.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Digital dentistry. So mm-hmm. I've been
1: I've been getting into that. And uh building websites um, and learning new dental CAD software and there have been a lot of things about consent uh, consent videos how do you ask for how do you ask for consent for your patients and then post them up on Facebook there have been a lot of questions on that so I've been developing a consent app for mm-hmm. your iPhone
0: I'm developing one of those too mine's going to be mine's going to be like a sexy consent app because it's video like it's, yeah it's, it's going to be kind of like what you're doing but it's going to be like sexy I want them to kind of have pouty lips maybe do it like a sort of sort of have some attitude flip their hair a little bit I think I think that's yeah. going to really go over
1: Swipe right for your consent. <laughs> <and> you <gotta laughs> right. Swipe right
0: for yes, I will do this wisdom tooth extraction.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, yeah, so it's just been a lot of a lot of different things going on. It's okay. Uh, so
0: the, the story is is like I what I really want to know is this: <laughs> the Alan Mead Experience. Fly on the wall. What is it like to be in your brain? Because it's, because you've got I I worry that it. For me, I believe it would be frightening. Like, I always wonder do you have to sedate yourself to sleep? Because you've kind of got, you have so many projects going and you're always thinking about stuff. Because I talk to you, you know, throughout the day, some days and stuff, and you'll, you'll literally be on like a lot of these things sort of were ideas to something produced in a relatively short time. Particularly that consult, the consent thing kind of went, went like that, if I'm not mistaken. Like, it was concept to, you know, a prototype in very short time. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah. Uh, so I went to Smile Syllabus. It, well, you want to know about flying the wall, like what it is in my head? It's yes. Yeah. Freaking I, chaos. Like it is. I, I I have four kids at home, five, four, three, and two, and my wife is a saint, and allows me to actually leave the house some days. I know, I know and, right? Wow. <laughs> so uh, when I get to the office, I've, I've got you know ten things going on in my head, and so I'm always looking for thing ways to organize and. How do I, how do I prioritize and organize these just tasks that I have to take care of or just these ideas that I got to get out of my head? Because in my head, I think all of these ideas are home runs. Yeah. So it wouldn't do it just, it wouldn't do, it wouldn't be fair to not at least explore every single one of them at least a little bit and, um, and grow them to see what they could potentially
0: be. I'm going to, I'm going to interrupt you right there because here's the thing I have, I, I don't think, I don't think I am quite as prodigious on ideas or maybe I have lots of ideas and I just don't do the follow through for you, like you do. But here's the deal. A lot of times these ideas come to me all at once and they're actually, they're not fully formed, but they're at least fleshed out enough where if I don't get them down somewhere, if I don't kind of get the idea down in paper recorded, if I don't get it down somewhere, I might lose some of it. Do you find that to be the case?
1: I, I find that to be the case, but then the, the flip side to that is if I don't start doing something with it, then I'm always just talking about it. Well, like, that's oh, it my, cool that's, that's we my do, life, yeah. You know, oh, if we could do this, then then we could do that, and it could grow into this. And if you don't ever take those first couple of steps to even investigate, then you're always going to be talking about it. You're always going to be dreaming about it. And so now I can say, like, yeah, I built a reviews business because I did, you know, of my... Um, uh, web page building ability and stacking um, skills. They call it stacking Mm -hmm. using different services. The cool Um, kids
0: call it that. Yeah.
1: I I just found this out. Mm -hmm. Um, So if I didn't take, if I didn't build auto front office, um, then I would just keep talking about it. And so for me, it's just like, well, just freaking do it already. And then I can just get it out of my head. So, okay, but, but taking uh, up that real estate.
0: No, that's, that's a super good point. But how do you, like, when do these ideas come to you? Is it is it on your is it on your drive to work? Is it is it, you know, when you're uh, taking care of the kids? When do it's, they come to you?
1: It, it's just like conversations like, OK, so the consent app, literally Jonathan Avename. So we're partners in this app. And he just said, hey, it, wouldn't it be nice if there was an app where you could get the patient's consent? And then just post it on Facebook because there are all these issues with posting patient pictures on Facebook if you don't have a form and you don't get it signed and whatever. And so I said, okay, well, I can let let me investigate and try and make an app. And so it was just based on that conversation, literally the two sentences, and then I then we built an app.
0: Interesting. Well so here's my my
1: where what I'm getting <laughs> so at it's, what I'm getting at. That's it's the, like everyday stuff.
0: It is everyday stuff, but you, you just follow through with it when the rest of us think this is a cool idea, and then we just don't do anything with it. But so my thing is, like, I get a lot of my ideas, whether it's an idea for a blog post or something to talk about on a podcast or presentation stuff or whatever. I get a lot of my ideas in the car or in the shower, which sounds way sexier than it actually is. Uh, the problem is a lot of times, like, I I want to make sure that I can remember it later. And there's a guy by the name of Merlin Mann. I think I've talked to about him on the Alameda Experience before. He had a blog called, I think it was called Forty Three Folders. Um, I'm looking it up right now. I'm really, I've right. heard of that. I've heard well, 43 of Forty Three Fold. Okay, I'm just Forty Three. Yeah, Forty Three Folders. And he was—he's a big. Oh, um, I'll, I'll put there's there's a YouTube video how to create and use the. 40, he, he's a to do guy. He and he was big on the getting things done stuff, all that. Um, you know, finding the time and attention to your best creative work. I and I, he's very funny. He's a clever guy. All that stuff. But I, he he used a term often called, that I that really rung with me, he said ubiquitous capture. So the, the the stressful part is not knowing if, you know, you have all these great ideas and like you're not getting it, you're not, you know, you might forget, and what's the easiest way to get it off your brain so you can think about other things, which essentially you just said a couple minutes ago. And so I have been, I, I struggle with this a bit. I My most recent, um, I talked about this on the Alameda Experience with, I think I did with maybe Jonathan Van Horn because I, I was experimenting with different digital ways to do this. And I found that the best way when I'm actually not in a position where I can write something down or, or write myself like a, a, a document on a computer is I go to Evernote and Evernote has, I don't use Evernote for everything. I actually yeah. kind of just use it for this. Um, it has a, you basically, you can push a button. I have a, I have a, uh, what do they call those things? It's, it's not a dongle. It's a, uh, It's a widget. On on my my Android phone, where all I have to do is push the button, oh, right. it just right. starts recording and it and it records it to Evernote, which means I can get that recorded note anywhere, and that has been very helpful because because I don't remember where I put stuff, but if I always put it, if I just push this button and start talking, I know that I can find it. And yeah, and so, I got that problem. I I was curious about that. I'm like, okay, I, you definitely must have that problem because you you have enough of a commute and and you have enough you know time where it's like that so how do you do it how do you make sure you don't lose stuff
1: oh my gosh so there are these two things that i just started using that are freaking awesome uh one is um called asana okay and that's, i've heard of asana i don't know it, what it is oh my gosh you spend five minutes on it and it's um it's like project management and tasks and to do's but you can make as many projects as you want you can invite people to certain teams, and you can have as many teams as you want. So I have one for my Royal Oak office, one for my Shelby office, one for uh, my Exo Academy website, one for my auto front office business, all these different teams, and I can invite different people on them so they only see that. And I just have a list of tasks that I need to do for each one of those things. And one of the, the cool thing is um, each of those teams and projects all the way down to tasks have their own specific email address, mm-hmm. so I could just send an email to that, and it automatically gets t- added to my task list. Um, so that's uh, that's Asana, uh, which is really helping me to get organized and and uh, write stuff down. But I just started using Siri, and I don't know what Google's version of Siri is. You know it's, what Siri is? It,
0: yeah, I do. the on, on the on the Mac, and and Google has. Well, Google okay. Now, but oh, I, I, okay, okay, Google. okay, Google, but I, I forget what they call it. It's like the Google organizer, whatever that yeah. is.
1: I just realized that I could send text messages just by Siri, but I can also add things to my to-do list or reminders. So I say, "Hey Siri, remind me to do this tomorrow at seven a.m. Remind me to do that on Wednesday at ten a.m." And so these notifications just pop up, reminding me, "Oh, that don't get distracted because you got to do this thing." Um, so as soon as I my wife tells me something, I I, I voice I dictate it to Siri. To well, interesting?
0: Because I you know what's really funny? I'm this guy who I have an iPad. I have one of the new iPad Pros, the 10.5 inch. I love it. I'm a Mac guy through and through. I know that makes you want to throw up a little bit, but I use except Mac except for users. your phone. Yeah, and then I have a Google phone. What what is what's wrong with me? There's something like I could have I could be batting a thousand if I had all Mac stuff. But what's interesting is you I should. I actually like the Google. I like the Google, uh, like I use Gmail a ton. Actually, the, the cool thing about the, the Google Assistant, I think that's what they call it, the Google Assistant, um, which is like their Siri, is that your reminders are all kept in in uh, inbox, in Gmail. So right. like I'm already using it, you know, like I'm already using Gmail, yeah. the, the inbox for like everything. So the reminders show up there, which is really cool. Uh, the only trouble is occasionally I, I don't, remember to actually look there so what what i need is i need it to send it to my like like you said a text message so, would be the best so, so like a text yeah, message at send me a text message at you know 5 a.m or whatever yeah
1: yeah so there's a service you can use that's also free we talked about it this is an early uh uh snarky dentist um mad dentist minute was mm-hmm. uh ifttt yeah if yeah this, yeah. Then if this, this than that yeah yeah, so one of those triggers is send yourself a text message, which is Android only, or mm-hmm. was, and you can link it to uh, your, actually, your Gmail account. And so if an email is in your inbox and it has a certain label, you can just make a label that says send, send, send text Send to, message. yeah,
0: text message, sure.
1: If it has that label, then IFTTT will send that um, subject as a text message.
0: I recently talked with some people in the industry of impressions. Uh, Pretty cool stuff, both uh, physical impressions and digital impressions. And I'm told that it is not long before scanners can see through the gums and you'll no longer have to retract tissue at all. They can see through blood, gums, all that stuff. But in the meantime, we've got to deal with real life, right? So... Two out of three crown preps that I do, I'm able to retract the tissue really, really well using Traxident and a retraction capsule from Premier Dental. What's great about this is uh, you don't have to place cord in, like I said, about two-thirds of the cases. Nothing wrong with cord. It's great, but it does take a little longer, maybe a little bit more anesthesia, that sort of thing. It's all good, but when I'm able to give a really great scan or a really good polyvinyl impression not using cord while I'm using Traxident, I'm going to do it. It saves me time. It might save the patient a little bit of uh, sensitivity. I don't know. I just think it's a really great thing. So until you're able to see through your patient's gums, you ought to try this stuff. Retraction caps used with some Traxident is going to give you some really amazing results. Premier Dental Products, inspired solutions for daily dentistry. That's cool. Like So these are yeah. uh, basically what we've been talking about is something that I struggle with. And I'm, I'm not a smart man. So what we just talked about? But I know about? what love is. So what we
1: just talked about the IFTTT. Yeah. Yeah. that's that's stacking. Yeah. Just so you know, like I just found that out. So the cool. So now you guys are calling are you. Brought Now, now brought you guys to, know how to stack. Too. Now you are brought up to speed. Yeah.
0: We're so clearly stacked is going to be in the title of this episode. Yeah. So <laughs> Dr. Sean Vandeviver is stacked. Something like that. Stacking so, the deck. Stacking. So um, we've talked a lot about productivity hacks here this morning. We really, we're going to run out of time to talk about all the things that you're actually doing. So, Let's I'm just going to like throw it out to you and I want you to bring us up to speed. So so last time we did talk about auto front office. Now auto yes. front office is a thing and it is running on multiple practice management softwares and all that stuff. Tell me tell me a little bit about that.
1: Uh so it's just a reviews reminder for your patients. We always forget to ask our patients to leave us Google reviews and Facebook reviews. So auto front office automatically sends your patients emails and text messages after they uh, complete an appointment in your office nice. and that's it. That's and all it uh, does. It doesn't, it, it doesn't,
0: it. it doesn't do reminders. It doesn't do, uh, you know, birthday cards. It doesn't do, it, it just does that.
1: Nope. No, it just does reminders. And in you know, our phase two is working on getting treatment codes in there. So then, um, when patients finish, um, their appointment and they have a treatment plan, but they don't have an appointment, uh Autofront Office will automatically send them email reminders saying, Hey, we talked about some kind of treatment. Are you interested in moving forward, getting that done? We noticed you haven't scheduled. So it's gonna be a, a treatment um treatment finder automation.
0: That's first off, that's very cool. That'll that'll make you money. But yeah. what I'm hoping is that you can set it so it emails people three and four times a day about this for, for weeks on end. I'm hoping you can do that because that'd be oh, super absolutely. sweet.
1: Absolutely. And then and then we're also gonna do um, pop ups on your computer. So
0: literally like these little windows just pop up. Exactly. All the dentists. Like like multiple actually with with pictures of with pictures of like like uh, jealous girlfriends and stuff. That'd be awesome.
1: You know, we could just have Alan Mead walk in from the right side of the monitor (laughs) in a thong or something. Like, I'm not going to leave until you schedule that appointment. Make this happen. See,
0: this is is outside the (laughs) box thinking. This is what, you know, you you think that the reminder will get the patient to to act. But uh, nah, not so much. That would. If, like, you take over their computer and make it so, like, the speedo-clad me doesn't go away until they make the appointment. They're going to make the appointment. You know they are.
1: Patients respond to the stick quicker than they respond to the carrot. They
0: do, and I'm happy to be the stick. <laughs> I'm just saying. So so the Auto, front office, stick. Yeah. So Auto front office. Yeah. So AutoFront Front Office is uh, my concern about this. I sign up with Auto Front Office. How do I know that Google isn't going to decide all my Autofront office reviews are going to go away like some other folks we've noticed recently? Yeah,
1: they could they could, um, but Auto Front Office, we don't do I don't do anything um, proprietary. Like mm-hmm. we don't have our own servers. We use very generic web page building platforms um so that are used by hundreds of thousands of people if not millions um everything is based off of wordpress which which powers 20% of the websites out there so if google were going to do something with our servers they're essentially shutting down 20% of the internet I see that would what you're be saying. using the service so it wouldn't it wouldn't make sense i mean hypothetically i guess they could but if that were to happen then, every other review service would would have would the be same toast problem, also yeah, would, would okay. have the same problem so okay. if anything we're we're auto Front office is a little bit at an advantage because we don't use proprietary no, servers, that's right that's i right. p addresses and things like that
0: that's interesting, so yeah. with that in mind I, I i I'm aware that we have a lot to get to, but I do want to ask you, do you think that Google reviews are something that's uh, clearly they're super important now. And and I mean, around me specifically, Google, I know Yelp is too, I guess, but Yelp is not, Yelp is just not a thing in Saginaw, but it is in a lot of big cities. Right. Do you think that reviews are in five years, we're going to look back and go, God, we were really obsessed with those reviews, but man, you know, they're not, or do you think reviews are here, like are going to be a thing forever?
1: You know, I think, I think they're going to, they're going to be here to, they're going to be here to stay. That's for sure. How much impact they have, I think is questionable. However, if Google takes that we don't know for a fact that Google takes these into consideration when, you know for SEO and sure. and display and search and all that stuff. However, if Google didn't take it into consideration, why would they put their the reviews, ratings, and, and the you know the aggregate score directly under the name of the business that you're searching for? That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Like when you see the map, when you see the three-pack, it says, you know. The three businesses and their reviews yeah. rating and how many they have. So if it wasn't important, Google wouldn't show it. It, it. Google wouldn't show it. So I think they're here to stay. I think they're important. I think they're they they boost your SEO. However, I think that those of us who are involved in it, I think give, I think we give it too much credit. It's kind of like you know Facebook and all uh, you know our our. Our reach, our social media reach. We think it's more important than it actually is. Yeah, no, and, I think I think that's right. I, I would I, argue that the, the reviews I are more important. I, I than, I than think, that even, but I think they're very important. That's why I, I, that's why I'm continuing to do it and I'm I'm growing it and they're here to stay. Um, they are important, especially if you're not doing them. They're more yeah. important because because they are relatively, for, for all intents and purposes, permanent. If once they're there, and Google has said this is a legitimate review, they're not going anywhere. When you're looking and-
0: for when you're looking for a business that you're on, you know, like when you're looking for Chinese restaurants in Nashville, Tennessee, or what have you, do you use reviews?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I do too. And if they have bad reviews, I'm like, oh, I just skip it. I don't even look at it. I know. So- it's, I
0: I will dive even deeper. I look for. Yeah. I I if if the bad reviews are written poorly, like a crazy person, I actually tend to like the business more. Like, I I think maybe because we deal with crazy people in our business and we're like, so we know that if we were to get a bad review in a lot of cases, it's someone who is unreasonable anyhow. So I I, I laugh a little bit because I'm like, I I almost, I can see when, you know, until you'll read it and it's that they're actually mad at one particular wait staff or something like that, yeah. you know, or whatever. So I, I mean, I literally, I'm, I'm what I'm saying is I actually read the reviews. It isn't just the number of stars. I read the reviews and I, I of course, go immediately to the negative reviews. I could care less about positive reviews. Yeah, no um,
1: one wants to hear how great it is. Yeah, yeah they only want to hear, they only want to read the dirt. And and and
0: if the dirt is unreasonable, then I start thinking, ah, this place is probably all right, which is crazy. Yeah, well, I
1: gotta see this. I gotta see this monstrosity for myself. Exactly. Okay, so you get. I, I'm not
0: a newspaper guy. I don't get a newspaper. If you get a newspaper, what does everyone say they read first? The obituaries. They want to see who's dead. You know, uh, why yeah. is it? Why is it that the TV stations always run those horrible obituaries with the same music they've been using for seven years? Uh, it's because everyone wants to see who's dead, and and that's basically the whole the whole like negative reviews are what people are drawn to.
1: Uh, yeah, and of course you're gonna, you know, they make it easy. You're like, well, if you if you have 155 star reviews and three one star reviews, like I'm clicking on the three yeah. because I want to know what those people said. Oh, I know exactly. there's 150 others that had all basically said the same thing. What did you three? experience. I believe this so. is
0: this is just a human nature problem too, by the yeah. way. This is this is not even it's not fair to judge someone by their negative reviews. And I don't know that I necessarily do, but but I mean I kind of want to see what the story is. I will say if there's negative reviews with consistent themes, that tells me a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. And like I said, they're not going anywhere. They're 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 here to stay. And if you're not building it, well, you just need to be building it and yeah. there's nothing else there's nothing else to it. But the advantage is, you know, when you it used to be if you're gonna sell your dental practice or you're trying to get an associate, you know, word of mouth is, oh, this practice has been around for twenty years, they've mm-hmm. got a great reputation. Well, if you've got a lot of reviews, that also signals that you've been around a while and you know what you're doing. If other people don't have any reviews, they're not they're using those reviews as a gauge of Uh, longevity as well. So you can, you can kind of see which businesses have been around and which ones are kind of fly by night. And, uh, for a dental office, I think you, you kind of need that established, um, as quick as you can.
0: I no, I, I agree. It's, I mean, it's cool. It's, it's definitely a factor in my new patient flow. I, uh, almost every one of my new patients comes from the internet. Like Every I, I, one of I really don't they, I really don't do I really don't do any other kind of marketing at all. And I don't I do very little active marketing. I basically actually I do probably none essentially. So it's it's I word started, of mouth and internet.
1: Since I started focusing on reviews, all of my new patients say, "How did you hear I I always ask, "How did you hear about us?" and they always say first, you are on my insurance list and two, I saw the reviews Yeah. like they're going to check their insurance first. Yeah. But then they say, oh, you had way better reviews than the other guy that was on the list. So that was it. It's a two step filter. You know,
0: that's um, that's super interesting. And, and the other, the first part of that filter is the part that everyone feels like we can, you know, if you if you hope enough and and rub enough unicorn tears on the on the wound that maybe people insurance won't be that big of a deal. But you know what? Real life says it kind of is, but we you know what? I would
1: lo- I would love to be all fee for service, but I also don't want to shoot myself trying to train my staff to answer the phone and answer every question absolutely correctly. Mm-hmm. You know, because the the challenge is just getting them in the door, and if the first thing they look at is, "Oh, you're not participating," click, yeah. Yeah. like that, it's a losing battle. So uh, I'm and, just and, not I mean,
0: in the reality on that is that that you know what happens is. You'll listen to speakers or people that are out there saying there is a giant pool of patients that are not sensitive to insurance. And I think to myself, they're not living by me. No, I don't. I think that's probably not accurate because let's someone who's wildly wealthy, who has literally has money to burn. If they have insurance, guess what? They want to use it.
1: Yeah, they want to keep their money. They don't want to spend their money. I know. Like, I mean, it, they make it. people make it sound like, oh, no, if you
0: just say the right thing, they're just going to open their wallets to you. I'm like, no, they're not. It's just not true. Now, there are some people that know. value dental work than more than others, and, yeah, everyone wants those people. But I have to say, I'm not sure there's a way to – I mean, smarter people than me know how to market. I'm not sure they know how to market for those people any better than anyone. I think some people might claim they do, but I don't know that I've ever really seen it.
1: No, I think it's a, it's a bunch of – uh, you, I, you know, I hate to say it, smoke and mirrors. But I think a lot of people just say that, and mm-hmm. it's the they are not really putting that into practice. I agree. Or, or they they've got fee for service practices. They don't participate, but that's not their sole source of income. Yeah, they're doing way other, they're doing several other things that to supplement that.
0: I literally was on. I was I was messaging with someone on Facebook yesterday, and I and we were talking about this very thing in how, I mean, not only, not only is this true is real, but it's also insurance is kind of a, I I mean, it's, it's patients select for insurance stuff. I get it. I I said, man, you know what I want? I'd like to just be Jason Smithson. I said, I said right down to the accent, right down to the, and, and he said, well, but he's got a bunch of, of really cosmetically selective patients who are going to complain about, and they're probably right. But I also feel like, there aren't, there can't, everyone wants to be Jason Smithson and there can really not be that many Jason Smithsons out there because that, that kind of dentistry is just not, not universally done. The other thing, even Jason Smithson said on this very show, uh, it's, yeah, it's great to be me, he didn't say that, but, but he, his primary source of income is, is teaching now. Like, he does practice some, but he he teaches mostly. And thank goodness, because he's a freaking genius, and he's great at what he does, and I think people need to learn that stuff. But the reality is, even Jason Smithson isn't Jason Smithson, right? Like, (laughs) this idealized picture in my mind of how these people actually practice is just, it's no more real than anything. You know what I'm saying?
1: Well, it's like like having a a room full of 100 dentists, and then you say, okay, who wants to be better than average? And everyone raises their hand. (laughs) like. This is not happening, people.
0: No, 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 no. It's not even that. It's who's in the top five percent, and they all raise their hands, right? Like- right.
1: It's like, oh, okay, but you know what? We all have our strengths, and you know what? If dentistry isn't one of them, you have to be okay with that yeah. at some point. Yeah. I mean, at- not like it's not like you're horrible at it. As, but-
0: as a dentist, I I don't really do dentistry very well.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not saying that, but yeah, I I think you get the no, point.
0: I no, I do. I mean, like, and there's. There's some people that really market well, you know there's some people that really i don't know there's i think everyone's probably got something you can learn from but but I think sometimes uh people can get unrealistic expectations about what 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 to expect from their own thing and 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 the other thing is that goes along with that is that i i've the one thing I'm really good at understanding is I don't change very much no matter what like like when I wake up one morning saying that this is it I'm really gonna make the big change it doesn't happen very often I it's happened in, in some important parts of my life and it's stuck but it doesn't happen very often for me you really have to be motivated over a long period of time to, to make changes like turning a practice like mine into some kind of specialty
1: sort of you know, yeah that's, that's a long, that's a big transition I mean that's yeah. that's that's not easy
0: you got to be committed to but, it too like
1: okay so yesterday uh, this it was not an it was not a normal day for me but uh, I... Placed an implant. I did uh, thirty do composite. I did eighteen crown. I did three anterior composites. Um, oh yeah, and I did thirty one endo and crown oh, in, wow. two, in two hours. Wow! So, like. Okay, that's, a, that's like a whole lot of different dentistry. Um, I'm not going to be an expert or I'm not going to be the top 5% of posterior composites, placing implants, endo, no, that's day crowns.
0: The only thing that could have really made that, that day really a big day is is add a denture to it.
1: <laughs> I did. I did actually do a denture. I posted the picture. I saw from the picture. I was, I, I was actually yeah, – I did see right. that. So
0: you did – So you right. Okay. So
1: tell me, uh, I think that's, a, I did the, I did the custom tray yes, with the teeth on it. Yeah, exactly.
0: So here's the thing. I think that's a good segue. I think that's a good segue from, we're talking a lot about marketing stuff. You, But I, I told these people, we have to catch up with Sean and you have a lot of other stuff that you're doing, like a ton of yeah. stuff that you're doing. So tell, how in the world did you make a? Why did you make a custom tray for denture with teeth on it and how?
1: So normally I'm like, okay, I got to make a custom tray and I just, you know, make it form to the edentulous arch and then put a handle on it. Right. Um, and then take a take a second take a final impression mm-hmm. for dentures. Mm-hmm. Well, with this uh, ExoCAD program, I was able to put pr- fake teeth. I was able to basically make a, a provisional denture digitally. And then I printed that provisional denture in clear resin. Mm-hmm. And that, that provisional denture, like everyone says, like, oh, the patient's existing denture is the best custom tray you'll ever have. Well... If they don't have a denture, well, you got to make one. Right. So, so I just I made a denture out of clear resin and then used that as my custom tray to take a final impression. And you, and so, just, so
0: your preliminary impression was actually was it a digital impression? Is that what I was to understand?
1: Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was actually it was actually an alginate that I had scanned with a desktop. Okay, scanner so it was digitized.
0: It was a digitized impression. Sure. Yeah, it was okay. a
1: digitized impression, and the only reason why I did that, um. Was because it was a walk-in patient. Mm-hmm. I had five minutes, and I was triple booked. And so I said, "Just snap an alginate, and and I'll digitize it. I'll I'll do the rest of it later." But we got to get this patient in and out. Mm-hmm. And so it was a five-minute consult. Took the alginate, and then yesterday was his second visit with basically a you know an acrylic, a resin try-in, final impression.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's I mean, very
0: cool. And so it wasn't
1: you- great. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't like presentation style photos and you know you know great photography or anything it was a freaking iphone um and it was the patient's second visit after i had seen him after doing 30 minutes max uh work after his first visit like that's pretty decent i think
0: that's cool i mean that's it was very cool like the in the concept is so you put the teeth on it and stuff because did you want to see like where like make sure you had the teeth in the right place the idea being that you're telling I had me- to get a bite. Yeah, okay. I, had to get a bite. Okay. I didn't have a bite, so
1: okay. it was just like there. And I, so your I next step
0: just- is going to be they're going to they're going to make they're going to have teeth on us on a setup probably right. So you can you can check the you can check a setup. or Are you going to do bite rooms?
1: Uh, I'm going right to finish.
0: Is that right? You are bold. See there yeah. you go. Right there. You... Because
1: I got the midline marked. I got the midline marked. I got how long I want the teeth. I can mark on there the the um, the gingival zenith yeah and, your lab and is gonna love lab, you on that so.
0: your lab's gonna love you on that because that that just tells you that just tells you
1: a ton that's very cool and and um the, it's all digital anyway so they're gonna send me the digital setup i'll be able to look at it and say yep that's overlay overlay my uh, custom tray yep that's right go to process nice so it's the it, it could have been a two two visit denture and so um, uh, tell,
0: tell, tell our lovely audience how you made that, how, how you created your custom tray with teeth on it. What, you have been, you've been studying a certain piece of software a fair amount. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that.
1: So uh, the software is called Exocad. It's available to, to primarily laboratories, but now dentists are getting into it. And I first heard about it from Jonathan Abenheim's uh, Smile Syllabus. And uh, so I got the software and just been teaching myself the software, and then I thought, um, you know, other dentists could benefit from just learning the basics of ExoCAD. But there's nowhere really to find out the basics mm-hmm. unless you go unless you go and like search for yourself. It takes a lot of time, so I just put together a website with videos and uh, basically just putting up what I'm learning um, in it's, like walkthrough
0: tutorials. It's super cool. So you're calling that you're calling that ExoCAD Academy, right?
1: Uh, ExoCADemy. ExoCADemy. Yep.
0: That's right. net. X-O-cad-
1: exocademy.net.
0: Exocademy. See what he did there, people? I tried the conventional way, ExoCad Academy. Not Sean. Exocademy.net. Say it again. Net. Dot net. Net. Dot net. Dot net. I thought
1: that was a I thought that had a that's a catchy title. No, I think so. it's
0: great. I think it's great. So okay, so I will tell you that I have had a little experience with Exocad, not a lot. I I the lab that I've I've started using a local guy. Actually, I'm gonna I talk about it a little bit on the I think this week's um dental hacks. Uh, podcast. Anyhow, so like he's, he's hyper local. Like I can go see what he's doing at his lab uh, over lunch. And I we have, we have some local labs. I haven't, I mean, I've been fine with them, but I haven't been really tight with this guy is really, he's really personable and he's very, um, he, he wants to do a good job. And so when he has a question for me, when I send him a goofy Saginaw impression, like, like basically doing a crown on the lower And it's right now it's opposing a tooth that's largely unrestorable that we're going to either place an implant or do a partial on later. But we're phasing it out because of that. Basically, what we talked about earlier, you know, insurance will allow X amount and that's what we're doing. So he asked the right question. Do you want me to make this to the opposing tooth or do you want me to level this with the marginal ridges of the teeth? So, I mean, that is the right question, but better than that. He showed me he did a screen cap of what he's putting together on Exocad of the crown. It looks first off it looks awesome, but second off, he's asking me all the right questions. And third off, if I have a concern, I can drive over and point to it on the software. So he showed me how he's doing it and essentially it's a, I mean it's it's digital design, but it's specifically for dentistry. I mean it's like it's got all the dental stuff and and it sounds like you buy you buy what you need because there's different, you know, you can have removable, you can have crowns, you can have like you know, digital wax ups, all this stuff. So it sounds like you are basically going through this and showing your, your thought process is not necessarily for lab technicians, although I'm sure they would get plenty out of it too, but you're thinking for dentists, right?
1: Oh, absolutely. I kind of like made the commitment when, um, I heard about smile syllabus. I said, you know what? I'm just going to jump all into digital. And so I, I bought a bunch of, um, exports for different programs and, invested in ExoCAD and I, I really think that this could be a huge deal for dentists because um I think CEREC was a big deal for same-day dentistry but that's got the CEREC program kind of built into it mm-hmm. and there's got there's got to be there's going to be programs outside of that that are that are like open source yep. and that's what ExoCAD is mm-hmm. ExoCAD is CEREC but open yeah. and um, you know every every scanner. You know 3M and uh, Carestream and Trios. They all have their single crown workflow to be able to do a single tooth dentistry. But what about other you know fully full arch restorations um, like I, like I told you bite splints and custom trays and that's what Exocad is. It's the entire suite and mm-hmm. you can get you can get as many modules as you want or as few if you just want to keep it single crown then you just can do that. It's not a big deal. Well, it is at nice. It
0: is, too, it is nice too cuz you know as you as people are learning this, they're going to learn what they want to do and what they don't want to do. And Absolutely. that that goes to the point where okay, if you if you're using ExoCAD, if you if you say, look, I I don't need to mill it in my office, but I'll go ahead and design it. There are they'll meet you at whatever level. Whether you're sending That's- where you're sending the whole thing just directly out of the 3M software to a lab versus you design the crown and send it to a milling center and they send it back to you at, at whatever level of finish you choose, or you literally mill it and finish it in your own office. You could do all of this with Exocad. So,
1: well, I mean, I've, I've been a CEREC doctor for 10 years, 12 mm -hmm, years, mm -hmm. ever since I got out of school. So I don't know anything other than in office milling, Mm -hmm. but I, you know, I, I can see that, that in office milling is going to be the future or at least, you know, small group milling centers, Sure, it's gotta be. And if you're, if you are knowledgeable in the design part of it, uh, the computer part of it, there isn't, there isn't a reason that you can't have someone in your office who's an expert on designing your lab work. You don't need to outsource at all and not have uh, a say or, uh, in what the final restoration looks like. Yeah. And th- there's no reason that you can't have someone in your office that does it. Or like you have right now where there's just Maybe there's a maybe there's a a guy that just does the design for like a dozen offices. Mm-hmm. That's that's like essentially design. That's
0: what we're doing. What's really cool about it is he understands contour better than some of the other labs I've been using. Um, like, and I can tell him. I you know, it's not that I couldn't tell a bigger lab that I want this, this, and this, but it's just like when it's one guy, and it seems easier. And when it's when literally I I know what he's doing with the information I'm sending him. He's throwing in an Exocad and designing. So I, whereas I don't know what's going on at the lab, I just send them. You know, I I send it to them and it comes back as a crown. You know, like. It's, but
1: wouldn't it be wouldn't it be better if that lab just sent you, uh, or, you know, just got on Exocad and said, "Hey, here's my final. Yeah. What do you think? I just need your approval. Do you like the do you like it? Hit yes, and then yeah. I'll I'll mill it and sinter it, yeah. or, you know, I love you,
0: it. I love it. Know,
1: whatever. But you got to know how to. You got to know how that software works. Like you just said, someone uh, someone sent you a. CT scan and it wasn't the data that you needed. They yeah. didn't know how to Yeah, export. It wasn't the
0: raw data. It was the and, and interestingly we got that fixed too. It's funny <laughs> that you say that. But yeah, it's it's it is I, what's happening is there's dentists like you and arguably Jason. Jason's doing a lot of this stuff, me a little bit, but who are sort of on this cutting edge. There's a lot of people you would talk to about this and they would they literally would not understand what you're even talking about. Why would you want to do this? But I think there's a reasonable there's a point to doing it. And what's going to happen is ExoCAD is, which is, if you are using ExoCAD as a dentist right now, it's, that's pretty cutting edge. I'll bet you in three years, everyone's going to know a little bit about it. And there's going to well, be, the
1: there's going to be like,
0: th- oh, go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: No, well, here's the thing. Like, okay, no offense, but what's your time horizon for practice?
0: Uh, I, I'd love to tell you uh, 15 years. It's probably more like 25.
1: <laughs> okay. So I'm like, I'm 37. Okay. So I'm at least going to be practicing or involved with working. In the dental field for another thirty years, mm-hmm. do I see do I see digital dentistry and um, kind of insourcing, or vertically integrating your practice? You like how I did that vertically I did integrated stacking, practice? Throw that in of, yeah. there. No, vertically integrated it's, practice. It's you know different about the than
0: stacking. Yeah, I do.
1: Um, uh, I if I'm going to be practicing or involved for another thirty years, do I think digital dentistry is going to come more in office and work, dentists are going to have to have more Hands-on knowledge about digital dentistry and Exocad and other dental CAD programs. Absolutely, I don't. So yeah, I don't think they'll be able to, to avoid it. it. To be honest, no, no. And so, why don't I jump in and why don't I try and develop a curriculum at the University of Michigan and mm-hmm. and you know teach this to prosthodontists uh, because they're doing all they're still doing you know wax ups mm-hmm. by hand. Mm-hmm. This isn't how lab work is done. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I just. I think there is going to be a huge change in dentistry and it's going to happen within the time that I'm practicing. Mm-hmm. So why not learn it and know it, That's you know, so ahead cool. of
0: time. I mean, That's I, all. It's, it's so, so let's just, let's just run through. Cause honestly, we didn't really even get to talk about the consent consent <laughs> app very well. We're running low. So, so what we did, the consents app, we talked a little bit. That's when you and Jonathan basically hatched at his course. How would you find the consents app?
1: Uh, you just go to iTunes and search consents, mm-hmm. plural, and it's a picture of a camera. And what it does is uh, you put in the patient's name and the procedure, and then the next screen is a consent form with that patient's name and the procedure inserted into the consent form. And as the patient is looking at your phone and reading it, the phone is actually doing a video and audio recording of them saying their consent, giving their consent to post their media on Facebook and then it can take a picture, uh, of whatever and post it right to your office, uh, Facebook page from, from within the app. And you can't ever delete the consent video. So if a patient comes back later and says, uh, I didn't give you my consent, you always have that protection. So it's undeletable.
0: Undeletable. If they yeah. want, if they so want to find saying, out, if they want to find out more about Exo Academy, how do they go to ExoAcademy dot net?
1: Yes, E X O C A D E M Y. And I'm assuming
0: you're you're going to continue to have content coming up on that as you go. So you basically, yes. you're, as you learn, they learn. As you put it up, they can they can learn it. Cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, they can just email me whatever the, like videos they want or if they have a question. Mm-hmm. Uh I'll answer it. I'll make a video and make a course for it. Absolutely.
0: Okay. And then there's the the Auto Front Office. Is how do how do they find Auto Front Office?
1: Autofrontoffice.com. Nice. That's it. Okay. Um,
0: and that's uh, working with are there what softwares are you working with on Auto Front Office now?
1: Uh Dentrix, Open Dental and EagleSoft is coming online.
0: Okay, cool. So I mean you're you're going for some of the big ones right off. That's awesome. Very yeah. good. Yeah. All right, Doctor Sean Vandeviver, and then oh, we have our,
1: our our vertically integrated practice VIP courses okay. that I'm giving with uh, Corey Glenn. Oh yeah, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It, okay, cool. That's what I was talking about. Uh, the vertically integrated, you know, practice. That's, that's very bringing exciting. That all in. I totally um, forgot about that. Not only are you doing yeah. all this stuff, you're doing with, <laughs> you're doing it with
0: Corey. Oh my gosh, like. Yeah. Like hit your wagon to the, to the right guy on that deal. Holy cow. Yeah. That's fantastic. And
1: that, that one is weird because I didn't have a website set up yet. So, um, you just got to go to DIY dental
0: Okay, cool. DIY. I'll have all these in the show notes too. So yeah, man, thank you for joining me again. This was great. Yeah. This will, this will probably be like the other one, one of the most downloaded of all time. And we appreciate it. And obviously Without a doubt. we're going to have to come back, but by, by the time we come back, you will have already taken over the world or something like that. So yeah. Thanks so it, much for it, being on the show again. Absolutely. Very good, Sean. We'll talk to you later. See ya. If you have any questions or comments about the Alan Meat Experience, go ahead and email me at alan, A-L-A-N, at the Allen Meat Experience. And go over to on your podcast app. Give me a review. Review us five stars and tell the world how awesome we are or how much you hate us, whatever. But let the world know what we're doing. And, uh, hey, we'll talk to you next time around.